Welcome to the Christian Faith Fellowship Church podcast. We are a church that believes in praying, going, and life-changing discipleship in Jesus. We are so glad you've joined in for this message. If you enjoy what you hear, follow us to stay connected with our future updates and podcasts. Here is part four of Glorious Future. Grab a Bible and a notebook and get ready to learn. Here we go. God is good and all the time. We're going to get right into the Word today, so we can get you out to the picnics. There'll be a lot of fun out there, a lot of fellowship, a lot of good things for the kids. If you didn't sign up for the picnic and you'd like to still sign up, just stop at the Welcome Center after service, and Brandy will get you all set up. Amen? We've had many people sign up at the end, and the Lord knows how to multiply hot dogs and hamburgers. Amen. You ready to get into the Word? Got your Bibles? Go ahead, turn them on or lift them up, and let's pray. Say this with me. I thank you for the Word of God. My kid here, I thank you for the Word of God. I thank you that your Word never returns void, but it accomplishes that which it's sent forth to do. My ears are open, my eyes are open, and my heart is open. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, today we're going to wrap up glorious futures, and today we're going to talk about all things new. This is our last week of this series. I've enjoyed it. I hope you've enjoyed it. We've taken a journey, and we have seen into the future, church family. Not back to the future. We're going into the future. Amen. And church family, for those that have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, it is extremely bright for us. Extremely bright. Let me just do a real quick review. You can get the whole message online for any week that you miss. Week one, we saw that the rapture is the next part of God's prophetic timepiece. It is imminent, or it can happen at any moment. There is nothing that needs to be fulfilled for the rapture. There is much that needs to be fulfilled for the second coming of Christ, but for the rapture of the church, nothing left, right? There is nothing. And we looked at the scripture in 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 through 18. If you want to turn there quick, these are just reviews. Then we'll get into it. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first, those that have died first. Then we who are alive and remain, so there will be one group of people that will still be alive at the return of the Lord. I hope it's us. You want to die? Go and die. I don't care. I hope it's me. Now, I hope it's us. All right, just making sure you're awake today. Then we who are alive shall be caught up, Greek word, hapazo, which means the Latin word, which is rapato, or where we get the word rapture from. Amen? We shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort ye one another with these words. So I comfort you with these words. The Lord Jesus is coming soon. We are Look it up, because we are at, because Scripture must be fulfilled. Who would have thought all that we've seen in the last few hours? Has anybody seen the videos of what's going on in Australia? Mind-boggling. Shooting rubber bullets at citizens. Horses knocking people down, on and on. That's Australia. That's not even China. Church family, 
Stay in prayer, amen? Be pumped up for God because crazy things are happening in our world. Week two, we saw that we will be taken to Father's house, a place that Jesus has been now preparing for about 2,000 years. We looked at John 14, 1, 2, and 3. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for me. Come on, say it. He's preparing a place for me, individual, for me. He knows my taste better than I know my taste. That's why I know my eternal mansion is going to be nice. I love mountains. I love the ocean. I love rivers. I love lakes. How's he going to put it all together? I don't know. He's God, not me. I get an amen in the house. And if I go and prepare a place for you, verse 3, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Jesus longs for us to be together with him. It's going to be awesome. And we also looked at on week two, we saw that we must all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. This is called the Bema seat for believers. And give an account of what we've done while in this flesh. Now listen, this is good. You want to be at this seat. Why don't you turn there? Let me show you the scripture. 2 Corinthians 5.10. You want to be at this seat. You don't want to be at the white throne judgment. Amen? Amen. I want to be at this one. This is the Bema seat. This is the reward seat. Look what it says. The apostle Paul brought it out a few times. And he says here, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. So this is not an option. We will stand before Christ on that day. And each one, that each one may receive the things done in the body. Remember, God is a giving God. He wants to bless his people, amen, according to what he has done, whether good or bad. I brought out on this second week that it is really up to us of what we receive on that day, not God, amen? We make this decision. Do I want to work for Christ while in this flesh or do I just want to live, you know, whatever on this life? Look, the Bible says many will be saved as if by fire. If you're at the beam of seat, you're getting into heaven. But there will be different categories in heaven and throughout the eternities. And it's all based upon what we do here in this life. There are people that take the wisdom of, this, uh, of even the natural things of this world and start putting away a little money every year into an investment that when they retire, they have some money. It's called investing, amen? Here it's investing in eternal things. Jesus said, don't stir up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust corrupt and take away, but stir up for yourself treasures in heaven that'll last you forever. And the treasures in heaven is what have we done with our time? What have we done with our talents? What have we done with our treasures? What have we done with the abilities that God has given us? Amen? Church, this isn't supposed to be a sad thing. It's supposed to be a great thing. We've all done something for Christ, and God wants to reward us. This is the Bema seat. This is like at the Olympics where they receive the gold medal, the silver medal, the bronze medal. Why do they receive those medals? For the work that they did prior to that, so they could be ready for the race or whatever it is that they're going to receive the medal for. Amen? 
All right. Did I read the scripture to you? Yes, I did. So number three of that same week, we looked at three different points. We then get to partake of the marriage supper of the Lamb. This is found in Revelations 19.7. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory for the marriage of the Lamb has come and his wife or we have made ourselves ready. How do we make ourselves ready? We get under the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? You can't get ready by a bunch of works. It's by grace you are saved through faith, that not of yourself. It's a gift of God. Amen? That's why many will be saved as if by fire. Many people on their deathbed will say, Oh God, I screwed up my whole life, but I do believe Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that he died for my sins. Uh, 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 uh. And they go to heaven. Oh, the grace of God. The grace of God. Only fools go to hell. The Bible says a fool says in his heart, there is no God. Look outside tonight at the stars and tell me there is no God. For the marriage of the lamb has come and his wife has made herself ready. And to her was granted to be arrayed in fine linen clean and bright for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints then he said to me right blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the land if you remember jesus remember the people didn't want to come to the wedding banquet and he said go into the highways and the byways and compel them to come in well we made a decision to go in it's going to be good amen you know as a pastor i've been invited to Many weddings, and I still remember this one. I won't say who the people are, but their reception, holy cow. They were shrimp the size of my arm there. That's, that's exaggerating. They were huge. There was octopus. There was, there was just like everything you could imagine. And that is going to be like nothing. I don't like octopus either. But what wedding have you ever seen octopus at, right? It was just, It was just so... Unique. It was one of those receptions where you rather just eat all the hors d'oeuvres. That was the hors d'oeuvres. Shrimp the size of my arm and everything else. Can you imagine the shrimp up in heaven for the marriage supper of the land? Pastor, that's not kosher. I'm not under the law. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. And he said, these things are true sayings of God. Week number three. We saw that this was last week, that we are coming back with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's Revelation 19.11. Now I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him, this isn't the white horse of the Antichrist that came with war. This is the one who is faithful and true. In righteousness, he judges and makes war. His eyes are like flames of fire. On his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood. And his name is, come on, say with me, the word of God. Say with me, the word of God. And the armies, remember we brought out that this is in the plural? Showing that, and I gave you scripture for it, won't have time today, that one set of the armies are going to be the angelic armies and the other set will be us Christians and the armies in heaven clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. 
And then the second part we brought out, at that point, Satan gets chained for a thousand years. He's put into what's called the bottomless pit. And from there, we, we, me and you, will rule with Christ during what's called the millennial reign. Well, what are we going to do? I don't know. The Bible says, don't you know that you're going to judge angels? I don't have a clue what this millennial reign is going to be like, but I ain't missing it. Amen. We're going to rule and reign with him for a, for a thousand years, one literal thousand years on this earth, and this earth will be in total peace and prosperity. And we looked at a bunch of scriptures last week from Isaiah and so forth. And in Revelation 20, verse 4, and I saw thrones and they that sat on them and judgment was committed to them. Then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for the witness to Jesus and for the word of God who had not worshiped the beast or his image would not receive the mark on their forehead and their hands. 666. And again, I'm going to say it again. The vaccine that's out right now is not the mark of the beast. Amen. But it is getting people ready for it. That's the key right there. It's getting a world ready for it through fear and pressure. They'll force people to take this mark. Don't take it. If you're left behind, get your head chopped off. I'm being as honest as I can. Get your head chopped off. Spend eternity in heaven. Amen? All right. And had not received his mark on their forehead or on their hand. And they lived and reigned with Christ for 1,000 years. The Bible is very specific that it's going to be 1,000 literal years. Oh, it's going to be amazing, church family. Going to be amazing, church family. All going to be amazing. Don't miss it for anything. Now, the final part that we're going to hit on today on Glorious Futures is that Abba, Almighty God, is going to make a new heaven and a new earth where sin will be gone forever. Hallelujah! I remember when my girls were, were you know, young teenagers, preteen teenagers, I would take them on dad little uh, dates, you know. we go to New York City sometimes to go see a play. We saw... Phantom of the Opera, Fiddler on the Roof, Les Mis. Oh, anybody here watch, ever see the play Les Mis? Man, that one. That is the story of redemption in a play. In fact, the, the author of that, that play, I forgot his name, he wanted the gospel message always preached at the end of that. From the whole story, from the priest to the candlesticks right on, all points to redemption in Jesus Christ. Amen. And the reason I'm saying that is when we would go on these dates in New York City, New York City was clean, 42nd Street, Times Square. I felt no, no yuck of walking around in those areas when Giuliani was governor, a uh, mayor, and they would, they cleaned it up, amen? I wouldn't take them there now. But on this new heaven and new earth, you're going to be able to go to plays. You're going to be able to go to dramas. Music. You think the gifts that people are given are just for this world? No, the Bible says there's music in heaven. I believe there's learning in heaven. I believe that the gifts that are in you, even ones that you're not using right now, you will develop throughout the eternals to share with other people. It's going to be awesome, guys. 
It is going to be awesome. Look at Revelation chapter 21, and let's begin now. Revelation 21. Well, I don't think that's true. Well, you believe what you believe. All I know is God created music. God created drama. Why is it that the, the Greeks, the Romans, go through all civilization? They had the massive theaters where they would come together and enjoy people's arts and beauty and all of that. You don't think there's going to be books in heaven? You don't think there's going to be new books? I think there's going to be some books from down here. Good books, amen? I think heaven's library is going to be huge. Amen? Isn't it interesting that we've gone from Super 8 videos to VCR to CDs? Now it's in the clouds. Revelation 21.1. You ready? Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Go ahead and underline that. New, new, new heaven, new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth passed away. Also, there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for a husband. So this is a complete city that's going to come down from heaven upon this earth. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, watch what he says here, catch it. For lovers of God, this scripture will touch your heart. Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. That word tabernacle is the dwelling of God. God himself will now walk with man. The only time you read that in the Bible is actually a couple times. But the most precious time is Adam and Eve. God came down in the cool of the day to walk and commune with his creation. We also saw with Moses just before. Moses saw God's face friend to friend. They talked one with another, right? Here it says God's going to hang out with us. <laughs> Come on. One of your favorite presidents said he was coming to your house. Wouldn't you get your house cleaned up? Wouldn't you be a little excited? Hey, so-and-so's coming to my house. Almighty God's coming to your house. And he's not going to be looking for sin. He's not going to be looking. In fact, he doesn't look for that right now. He loves you. His grace. Grace means undeserved, unearned, unmerited favor just wants to be a dad to you. Isn't it interesting that Jesus made this statement, and it kind of blows me away. Except you become as a little child, you cannot partake of the kingdom of God. What are you talking about? We're supposed to study. We're supposed to become smart. Little child's innocent. But here's one of the gifts that a little child has called imagination imagination we didn't have much growing up but I had Sandy Hill Park around the block from my house and I would go and dig and make tunnels and have forts and on and on you go to the ocean your parents my dad would take us to Point Pleasant anybody know Point Pleasant and you dig yourself deep in there I wouldn't do that anymore but a child would. So what are you trying to say? There are times God just wants you to act like 
a child. Enjoy his presence. Hang out with him. Have fun. Quit thinking he's going to get you for that. He's going to smite you. Behold, the dwelling of God is what man, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. Watch what it says. God will wipe every, where am I? And he will be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe every tear from their eyes. Come on, church family, say this with me. There will be no more death. Has anybody here experienced death in the family? Done. Never again. Over. There will be no more sorrow. Anybody here ever have a little sorrow? Never. Done. Some of you are like, this can't be. Then God's a liar. Either this is going to happen or God is the biggest liar that ever put a book together. Come on, church family, talk to me. Either we believe this or not, there will be no more crying. There will be no more pain. Hallelujah to that one. Amen. Hallelujah to that one. For the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, hey, behold, I make all things new. He said, write these words for they are true and faithful. And he said to me, it is done. I am the, come on, say it, alpha, the omega. I am the beginning, the end. I will give of the fountains of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes. Now, this statement is interesting because you'll see it spoken to every one of the churches in, in Revelation 1, 2, 3, and 4. He who overcomes will I have to sit in my throne, even as I have overcome and sit in my father's throne. He that overcomes, I'll make a pillar in the house of God. He who overcomes, he'll be like a stone. But watch what he says here. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God. And he shall be my son. You know, the Bible says, he that believeth in Jesus Christ overcomes. Wow. That's talking about every one of us here, guys. God is good. This, in a sense, will start of all that, this, in a sense, will start of all that God had planned from the very beginning when he made the heavens and the earth. For his people. This is his goal, to bring us to this place. Amen? It is going to be so beautiful that even our little brains cannot even comprehend it. One author said, each of us likely already has an idea regarding what heaven might be like. The chances are that they are culturally influenced conceptions. that woefully inadequate to capture all the full glory and splendor of what God truly awaits for his children in the afterlife. In Isaiah 65, 17, go ahead and put that up on the screen there. Look at the prophet Isaiah, say 4,000 years ago. Look, I am creating a new heavens and new earth, and no one will even think about this old one anymore. Wow is right. And look what he says. Be glad, rejoice forever in my creation. And look, I will create Jerusalem as a place of happiness. Her people will be a source of joy. That's us, guys. I will rejoice over Jerusalem, and I will delight in my people. Come on, read the next part. Ready? And the sound of weeping and crying will not be in it anymore. 
I'm ready. How about you? Right now is a good time, Lord. It is going to be unimaginable. But go ahead and use your imagination. That's why I always bring out one of my favorite scriptures. Eyes have not seen, nor ears heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things that God has in store for them that love him. With a show of hands, would you tell me if you love God today? You wouldn't be here on a Sunday morning. I don't care how many hot dogs they're cooking outside. You wouldn't be here if you didn't have a love for God. What God has prepared. In Ephesians it says, it is exceedingly abundantly above all that we could even ask or think. The last two chapters of the book of Revelation gives us a little glimpse, a description of the new heaven and earth, the new heavenly city where there will be no more curse or no more sin. Would you turn to Revelation 22:20? This was so overwhelming for the apostle John that all he can say in the last part of this verse, he who testifies to these things says, surely I come quickly or suddenly, even so, come Lord Jesus, come. When John saw all these things, what did he say? Come, Lord Jesus, come. Man, set up your kingdom. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done here on earth as you have it planned in heaven. Turn to 2 Peter 3.10. Peter gives us a glimpse of what's going to happen. It's not going to be by a flood. God promised, and he put the rainbow. The rainbow belongs to us, guys. Amen? Put the rainbow in the sky, saying, I will never flood again the entire earth at one time to destroy mankind. This judgment's going to be a little different. Peter talks about it here in 2 Peter 3.10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. We know Paul brings it out also. It'll come as a thief in the night or suddenly. In which the heavens will pass away with a great noise. There's the heavens. And the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of person ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? Now watch this next line. Looking for, we should be looking up, looking for the return of the Lord, watch, and hastening the coming of the day of God. How in the world can we hasten the coming of the Lord? If each of us will do our part, if each of us will get out there, get people saved, help missionaries around the world or others that are getting people saved, we can get this thing done and we can go on home. That sound good to you? Sounds good to me. Looking for and hastening the coming of the day of the Lord, because of which the heavens, plural, will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, us Christians, according to his promise, we are looking for the new heavens and the new earth in which righteousness dwells. Look, your life is sorry now. Get your life set on things above and not on things of this earth. Get over this life. This life is coming to an end. Nothing guarantees you that you'll survive today. 
What's guaranteed me is eternal life. Can I get an amen? Listen to this other commentary that I read when he talks about the new heavens and the new earth. All the heavens above, the sun, the moon, the stars, the planets, are going to be destroyed and remade. Hey, I wasn't here when God said, let there be light. I'm going to be there for this one. Remember, this is after the thousand years, right? God is going to make a new heavens. Think about what that means. There will be no more violent thunderstorms, typhoons, hurricanes, destructive rain or weather. No more stars or solar systems that burn out. That's an interesting statement because you remember David was prophesying in one of his Psalms and he says, what is man that you are mindful of him or the son of man? Or the son of man. Boy, you ever just lose it? What is man that you are mindful of him or the son of man that you visit him? For you have made him even a lower than, a little bit lower than yourself. And you have crowned him with honor and glory. The first part of that psalm, he talks about the stars and all that he created. And here he says, he gave man authority over them. The fall of Adam is the reason why stars die out. There'll be no death in the new heavens and new earth church family. Think how glory, all of the heavens above will be remade, created anew, and made alive. Think how glorious and beautiful the heavens look now when we look at them on a starry night. But can you imagine what they will be like when God recreates them in all the glory and the magnificence of this perfect universe? Church family, listen to this. Right now, as far as they can see with a telescope, you got to remember, the only telescope that has the ability right now to keep looking out there is Hubble. And Hubble doesn't have a big mirror, so it can only bring in so much light. And it can only stay in one place at a time. But they project from what they see that there are over 100 billion galaxies right now. Galaxies, not stars. And each galaxy has approximately 200. 100 billion stars. And these stars are separated by over a trillion miles apiece. God, it says that he spread out the universe. Wow. It's going to be awesome. Our minds can hardly comprehend this. This doesn't include the planets, the solar systems, the comets, and all the other things that are out there that God has made. Think about that. They're finding planets around stars right now, left and right. But I guarantee there's no life on them yet because that's saved for what God has in store for us. Could be wrong. There could be little ETs out there. But if there is... They had to go through the same Adam and Eve that we went through. Amen? But we don't know that. The scripture doesn't say what it is, so let's stick with the word of God. They say that there are more stars today than there are grains of sand on every beach in the entire world. That's just mind-boggling. But yet, if you look at the stars at night, you can only handle a couple thousand, not even that many, but that's how many are out there. 
all things within the universe will be alive again. And they will reflect the glory and splendor of God himself. The universe will be perfect. A place where nothing is burned out or wears down or wastes away or, di or dies. Think about the light and brilliance and splendor and glory of all these heavenly bodies when God recreates the heavens. Think about what it means to have a universe filled with living planets, living stars, living solar systems. We cannot imagine the glory and the beauty. It is beyond our finite mind. But note the significant point. The scripture declares that the heaven is to be remade and recreated into the new heaven. It'll be awesome. But then part B, how about the earth? This little special marble that God has made. Sometimes you should go online and listen to what the astronauts have said that have been, gone to the moon or gone to the International Space Station when they look back on this earth. It just takes, them, takes their breath away. Why? This is special. When our first child was going to be born, guess what me and Diane did? We painted the room. We hung up back then. It was a little thing you put on the crib that went, dee -dee 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 -dee, and it sang a little song. Here I am, just an earthly dad, preparing a place for my child, my children. Come on, talk to me. This is our heavenly father who can make a planet with one word. What does he have in store for us? <laughs> I'm getting excited. Let me keep going on. The earth is going to pass away, this earth that we see now. There is going to be a new earth. This present earth is defected. It is cursed. The earth suffers under all kinds of natural disasters, such as earthquakes, volcano eruption. Anybody see that volcano out there on the Canary Islands? Holy cow, right? Amazing what it can do. Destructive storms. Hurricane Peter is out there right now. Floods, fire, scorching heats, deserts, famine, de disease, and death. But the day is coming when God is going to remake the earth. God is going to create a new earth. Think of what this means. There will be no more disasters or destruction. No more thorns or thistles or unfertile and unproductive soil. No more hunger or thirst. No more disease. No more decay. No more erosion. And no more death. Not even a blade of grass will die. The new earth will... will well, the new earth will flourish and be fruitful, bearing all the good that can be imagined. Think how beautiful, green, lush, productive, and fruitful it will be. Think how peaceful, serene, and comfortable it will be. Think of the security, the provision, the abundance, the overflowing of every good and perfect gift. The fullness of life that will be possible upon this earth. The earth will be new, perfected by God in every conceivable way. Now, as we start to wrap up the series, again, let me just give you a glimpse of what we're going to behold. Turn to Revelation 21. And again, can I read Isaiah 65, 17 again? Look, I'm creating new heavens and a new earth. And no one will ever think about the old one anymore. You know, all the agita of life, all the Won't even think about it. All our loved ones that have gone before us will be with us again. 
It'll be like they never left. Right now it stinks. Oh, it stinks. But it'll be like it. they never left. Ready? I'm going to read this pretty quick. Revelation 21.9. We're going to read a couple chapters here. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls filled with the, last, with the seven last plagues came to me and talked with me saying, Come, I will show you the bride, the lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit. This is John being taken to a great and high mountain and showed me the great city, the holy city, Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. Her light was like the most precious stone. Can you imagine this? This entire city, not a town, a city. Precious as a stone, like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. And she had a great and high wall and 12 gates and 12 angels at the gates. And names were written on them, which are the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. That's because of the covenant with Abraham, right? Three gates on the north, south, east, west. Now the wall of the city had 12 foundations. On them were the names of the 12 apostles, Peter, John, on and on. And he who talked with me had a gold reed to measure the city. Watch this measurement. I don't know the size here. But they say it's huge. They say this one city is like the size of the United States. But there's an interesting statement I want you to catch. Watch. Its gates and its walls. The city is laid out like a square, just the city, not the rest of it. Its length is as great as its breadth. All right? Equal. And he measured the city with a reed, 12,000 furlongs. Its length and breadth and height. We don't ever think of a city with heights. So somehow this city, let's just say this one city is the size of the United States. 3,000 miles that way, 3,000 miles that way, 3,000 miles that way. Yes, there's some penthouses up there, amen? That's what it says. And he measured its wall, 144 cubits, according to the measure of man, that is, of an angel. The construction of the wall was of jasper, and the city was gold like clear glass. The foundation of the wall of the city were adorned with all kinds of stones. And he tells you what they are here, jasper, sapphire, emerald. Keep going down. You see all the different ones. Verse 21, the 12 gates are 12 pearls, each individual gate was of one pearl. Can you imagine that? How many ladies here have a pearl necklace? Individual. One pearl. Can you imagine the size of that oyster? One pearl. It's got to be at least seven, eight, nine, ten feet tall. And the city, the streets of the city was pure gold like transparent glass. But I saw no temple in it. For the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city has no need of the sun or the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God illuminates it. The Lamb is its light, and the nation of those who are saved shall walk in it. Remember, Jesus said he's going to separate the nations from sheep like goats, so there will be sheep nations. I pray America's one of them. Kind of tough with all the babies we've murdered, all the sin we've done. The lamb is its light. The nation of those who are saved shall walk in it. And the kings of the earth will bring their glory and honor to it, into it. Woo! 
Who are these kings that it's talking about? Thank you. Bold enough to say it. King of kings and Lord of lords. I know I bring out quite often about the movie, The Lion, The Witch and the Wardrobe. If you've never seen it, you should watch it. Amen. But I love when it's King Edmund and King Peter and King Susan and, and I, Queen Susan, excuse me, and the royalty that goes with that. It's a glimpse. I like, like C.S. Lewis said, if you're not teaching your kids how to fight like a knight because they're going to have the knights of Friday the 13th and the Harry Poo Poo and all these other dumb things that are going to attack them. Teach them that they are warriors in Christ Jesus. Amen. And the kings of the earth bring their glory and honor into it. Can you imagine? Billy Graham comes walking in. Billy saved over a million people. Wow. Reinhard Bunke, T.L. Osborne. I can go on and on. People that have led over a million people to the Lord. But if the Lord has asked you to bring one person in, you get the same rewards. Look, I donate to Billy Graham's ministry because I want his rewards in my life. So me and Diane, we send a monthly checkout to that ministry. I plant where there's good fruit. Amen? All right. I got to keep going on. Its gates shall not be shut a day. There shall be no night there. And they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it. There shall be no means that enter it. Anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie. But only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. If you have nothing to say thank you for. Say thank you that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Amen. Verse 1. And he showed me a pure river of water, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. And in the middle of the street, on either side, was the tree of life. You remember? The angels were put in front of the tree of life that they could not eat the fruit anymore. Because God knew if they ate the fruit in a fallen state, they would live eternally dead. Oh, the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God. But here we're going to be able to eat of the tree of life. And it's going to have 12 fruit, each tree yielding its fruit every month. So 12 fruit every month. The leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. There will be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and we shall serve him or live with him. We shall see God's face, and his name shall be on our foreheads. I don't know what that fully means, but it ain't going to be 666. I'll tell you that right now. Verse 5. There will be no need of night there. Now, remember, this is heaven. We're still going to live on the earth. There'll be no need of lamp nor light for the sun. For the Lord God gives them light, and they shall reign forever and ever, eternal life. And he said to me, these words are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophet sent his angels to show his servant the things which must surely take place. Behold, I am coming quickly, or that word is suddenly. Blessed is he who keeps the word of the prophecy of this book. Now, I, John, catch this. This is so cool. I saw and heard these things, and when I heard and saw them, I fell down to worship at the angel who showed me these things. And watch what the angel says. Stop it. Don't do this. For I am your fellow servant and of your brother and the prophet, of those who keep the word of God. Worship God. 
We're not supposed to worship angels. We're not supposed to worship saints. We're not supposed to worship anybody but Almighty God Himself. And He said to me, Do not seal the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He was unjust, let him be unjust still. He used filthy. It's each man has to work out their own salvation with fear and trembling. Amen? If he, the person wants to stay filthy, that's to their problem. But he was righteous. Let him stay righteous still. He is holy. Let him stay holy still. Behold, I am coming suddenly. My reward is with me. God wants to give to us, to give to every man according to his works. I am the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end, the first and the last. Blessed are those who do his commandments that they may have the right to the tree of life. And they may enter in through the gates into the city. Outside are the dogs, the sorcerers, the sexually immoral, the murderers, idolatry, whoever loves and practices a lie. I, Jesus, has sent my angel to testify to you these things in the church. I am the root, the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. And the spirit of the bride says, say with me, come. And let him who hears come. Remember, God said, I want my house full. And let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take the waters of life freely. Church family, our future is bright and it is full. It's going to be beyond words and exciting. Do all that you can to bring other people into this kingdom. I love the old hymn, How Great Thou Art. Some of you might know it. The last chorus says this. When Christ shall come with shouts of acclamation and take me home, what joy shall fill my heart. Then I shall bow in humble adoration and then proclaim, my God, how great thou art. Do me a favor. If you get a chance today, go on YouTube and type in how great thou art, Carrie Underwood. It's a little country. You got to like a little country. When she hits those high notes on this song, it just sent goosebumps through my body. Just beautiful. Maranatha Church family, Maranatha, the king is coming. Amen? Let's close in prayer. And if you've missed any part of this series, and it's important to know our futures, what's going on, please get it online, podcast, whichever way. It's all free. We don't even do CDs anymore. Everything is free now. We don't have to deal with any of that expense. Know what's in store for us, because it's good. It's good. It's good. If you're unsaved and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it's not good. It's very bad. But you can change that with a word. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. This does not mean join a religion, join a church. This is a personal relationship between you and the Creator. Asking for the Savior. 
to forgive you of our sins. If you're here today and you have never asked Jesus into your heart, I'd like to encourage you to pray this prayer with us. We'll all pray it together to help you. But pray it from your heart. The words won't get you saved. Believing it will get you saved. Say this with me. My dear God in heaven, I believe today that Jesus Christ, he is the son of God. I believe he died on the cross and that he rose on the third day. Lord Jesus, I accept you today as my Lord and Savior. And I thank you for forgiving me of my sins, for I repent of them. I change my mind towards them. Lord Jesus, live in me, work on the outside, but thank you for your salvation on the inside. In Jesus' name, amen. No one looking around just for a moment, Christians praying softly. If you're here today and you're making that decision, I want to give you a big congratulation. In fact, the Bible says the angels in heaven, the angels themselves are rejoicing when one person gets saved. If you're making that decision today, what I'd like to do is just help you along, just get you started by giving you a free package from our church to you. Nothing about our church in this package. It has some gospel literature to help you understand the decision that you're making and how to live this great adventure in God victoriously. It's free of charge, no strings attached. If you don't have a Bible, in there's a little card. Take it to our bookstore. It'll give you a free New Testament. We want to help you to grow. That's it. That's it. I won't ask you to stand. I will not ask you to come to the front. But there are altar workers all around this sanctuary that will put this gift in your hand. So if you are receiving Jesus Christ today as your personal Lord and Savior, or maybe you have received him, but you're not living for him, you'd like to rededicate your life today. Or maybe you're not sure yet, but you would still like this package before you leave. Then with no one looking around, it's between you, your Father in heaven, myself and one altar worker that'll bring you this gift would you slip your hand up high let me see it after i see it i'll tell you to put it right back down thank you thank you if that's you don't be afraid let us give you this gift find out make sure eternity is a long time to be wrong a long time what if you're wrong pastor what if you blew it then what have i lost i die i go in the grave that's the end but what if I'm right? What have you lost? That's you. Just slip your hand up high. I sense there's somebody here today. Don't let this opportunity leave. Because there might not be a knock tomorrow on your heart. There might not be a knock next week on your heart. Today is the day of salvation. One more time, I'm going to look around. That's you. Slip your hand up right back down alright if you need prayer for yourself this is not for your family now this is for yourself would you please stand I'm going to pray for you and then we're going to wrap the service up just stand on up let us pray for you the anointing is here let us pray for you Father right now in Jesus name 
I pray for each and every, those that are around them, stretch your hands out towards them. I pray for precious brothers and sisters right now that are asking for healing in their body. Now, Lord, you said to pray to the Father in Jesus' name. So in Jesus' name, we pray for healing from the top of the head to the soles of the feet. We pray for backs. We pray for kidneys, kidneys, somebody's kidney right there in Jesus' name. We pray for strength in legs, Lord. We pray for that healing touch in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord. You said pray one for another. And that's what we're doing right now. And we are believing for great testimonies in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Now, Father, we thank you for the service today. Again, we thank you for the beautiful weather. Thank you for the beautiful trees. We thank you for the beautiful grass. We thank you for a glass of water. We thank you for so much that you've blessed us with, Lord. And thank you so much for, according, nobody raised their hand, that everybody in here, their name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Now, we thank you for the picnic outside, Lord. We thank you for the kids having a blast. Great fellowship one with another, Lord. To you be the glory, honor, and the praise. We thank you for the food that it's blessed to our bodies. Now, we thank you, Lord, that again you have made us the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath, that in all our ways and endeavors that we are and deeply loved. We are blessed to be a blessing. Amen. Miss Brandy, are there any instructions or no? Uh, go out any door? Right, go right out there. God bless you guys. Have a great day.